0: If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful air of Shabbos to all of you. Great to be with you again at this very special time of the year as we approach the incredible festival of Rosh Hashanah, the days of Teshuvah, Yom Kippur and the entire month of Tishrei because after all it's a month that is filled with all sorts of tremendous spiritual energies. A month that carries incredible dimensions of opportunity incredible dimensions of strength. It enables us to last the entire year and in order for us to approach that month correctly we have the month of Elul a month of tremendous preparation. And one of the things that we do during the month of El, one of the preparations that we are involved with during the month of El, is the concept of teshuva, the concept of repentance. Repentance is something that often is misunderstood and misrepresented because we seem to at times think about it in purely literal and confusing terms. Repentance, teshuvah, is that process a tremendous gift from God that enables us to reestablish a relationship with God. What is the concept of sin? The concept of sin is not only something which is wrong, an act that is contrary to the will of God. It's not only something which causes to create a blemish in our lives. But sin is something which interferes with our connection with God. It's some sort of blockage, something that stops the relationship from being complete and full. And as we know, our sages tell us, it's brought down in the Bible, no one is free from sin. No one that's born in the world, a human being. And as we say during the burial service, There is no man that sins not. Because whether we do it intentionally or inadvertently, a human being, by the very nature of being a human being, makes mistakes. And therefore, there are times that a person has to consider, did he interfere with his relationship with God? Did he create blockages? Did he create barriers between himself and the Almighty and therefore, what is it that he can do to correct that? In the mystical writings, we come across an interesting discussion between David Hamelah King David, and God. Because King David saw that in the future, the temple will be destroyed. And the offerings that were brought in order to bring about repentance would no longer be in existence. And he was extremely worried what would happen to the Jewish people. And God said, fret not, because there will be the opportunity of a tremendous gift that I have given to the Jewish people, which I already told Moshe Rabbein and Moses, about. And that is the gift of Teshuvah. And while, of course, Teshuvah exists throughout the entire year, a person is able to repent, The person is able to return, a person is able to reconnect with God throughout the entire year. During the month of eloh there is that incredible dimension and energy which enables us to exercise Juvah at a far easier level, at a far stronger level, and at a far more immediate level. All sorts, all sorts of things take place during the month of eloh that enables us to fulfill that incredible incredible duty of examining our lives, at looking at ourselves, and therefore understanding where we may have strayed, where we may have gone wrong, and what it is that we have to do in order to correct those elements of our lives that are incomplete, those elements of our lives that somehow stand as barriers between ourselves and God. And this is why this Shabbos Is a special Shabbos because it has a name. It's Shabbos Salichot. Just after midnight throughout the entire world, Jews will be gathering in shul to say that special Salichot prayer. And while, of course, within the Sephardi community, they have been saying Salichot since the beginning of the month of Elul, among the Ashkenazim, we only begin at least four days before the festival of Rosh Hashanah this year, because the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah is so close to Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah being Monday night. We have an entire week plus a few days. And tomorrow night, just after midnight throughout the entire world, we start the service of salihot And every single morning, we wake up much earlier, before Davenin, and we say this special prayer. Slichot, supplication, we stand before God and we express our regret of perhaps having done things that we shouldn't, and we ask God for forgiveness. There are different customs to the order of salichot. I'm going to read one of the prayers that is part of our custom in order to give us insight into what salichot are really all about. And it begins as follows. L'cho Hashem Hatzdaka V'lanu <laughs> Boshet Haponim L'cho Yours God is righteousness and ours is shamefacedness. What can we complain about? What can we say? What can we speak? And how can we justify ourselves? Let us search and examine our ways and return to you. For your right hand is extended To receive those who repent We do not come before you With acts of kindness Nor with good deeds We knock at your doors Like paupers and like beggars We knock at your doors Merciful and gracious one Please do not turn us away Empty handed from your presence Please do not turn us away Empty handed from your presence Our king For you are the one who hears prayer and in this short paragraph it encapsulates what in fact at a certain level teshuvah is all about first of all the recognition that Hashem God is righteous God is a righteous judge He judges with compassion He judges with kindness He looks at us. He understands our shortcomings. He understands the fact that after all we are human beings. And he knows that as human beings we make mistakes. And therefore he is prepared to receive us through the act of teshuva. But there has to be an action on our part as well. And the first is one of taking responsibility of saying with extreme humility, what can we complain about? How can we justify our behavior? Yes, of course, a human being is a master of justification. The evil inclination within us is an absolute master at justifying every shortcoming we have. But we have to acknowledge at the end of the day that as people of responsibility we must take responsibility. And this is why we say we don't want to justify. We acknowledge the fact that we may have misbehaved. And we don't come before you by saying, look at all the wonderful things that we've done the acts of kindness, the acts of goodness. We actually say, God, we come to you like paupers and like beggars because we understand that we have erred. And because of that, we understand that our relationship suffers. And we ask God, don't turn us away. Receive us. The compassion that you show should be extended to such a degree that the act of forgiveness should be complete and thorough. And this is why throughout the entire prayer of Shalichat, again and again and again, we call out that the 13 levels of God's compassion, of God's terms of forgiveness, our relationship with Him is reestablished. More of that. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about a special activity of repentance, and as you noticed, the language that is used is like a personal discussion between man and God. We speak to God as if He's here, talking to us, and we're talking to Him. It's also important to remember that the whole tshuva experience is also reflected in the parsha of the week, which is Tizavu. The parsha begins the when you'll finally arrive in the land and after quite a few years of battle providing the land you finally settle down and after a number of years as a farmer working the land you finally produce magnificent fruit and what a wonderful achievement after all these years of conflict of difficulty, of working hard, you finally achieve the produce that you worked so hard to bring about. And what's the first thing the Torah tells us you have to do? You have to take mairesias from the first fruit, put it in the basket, and take it to the priest. To the place that I will show you, Jerusalem and the Temple, the midst of victory. An amazing thing. One would think that after all these years of hard work, of challenge, of conflict, of difficulty, you can finally enjoy your first fruit. So it tells us no. That's not the way it works. The first thing you have to do is show gratitude. And how do you show gratitude? by taking those first fruits and offering it to the Kohen, the Holy Come. But that's not all. The process and the whole event takes on a completely different type of nature. Because there is something very important you have to do and you have to say when you offer these first fruits. Not only do you acknowledge your thanksgiving, your appreciation, your gratitude, but you have to begin by saying where you come from, your history, you're a great-great-grandchild of Jacob who went through all sorts of difficulties and the difficulties of the people that came before you. Why was that necessary? Why is it necessary to recite the history of your people while you actually express your gratitude. History is not only a story of that which took place in the past. History tells us where you come from. History tells us who you are. And history tells you why you're doing what you're doing right now. And history Guides you into the future with a sense of purpose and with a sense of clarity. That too is an act of teshuvah. That too is an act of repentance. Because if all you do is express gratitude, thanksgiving, that might be an act of arrogance as well. I've done well, I've achieved, after many years of hard work, I finally have come to the point of tremendous success. And this is why I'm going to show who I am and what I am. I'm going to share. largesse. Torah tells us that's not the attitude you have to have when you express gratitude at Thanksgiving to the Almighty. The only way you're able to really show that what you're doing is true gratitude, is by acknowledging who you are. And that this ability to give comes not only from, well, a sense of goodness and kindness that you possess, but this deep-rooted expression of goodness is something which was given to you generation after generation after generation of people that came before you and did great things and wonderful things and suffered. But they stood fast in their faith to God. And their accumulated efforts is something that was given to you and enables you to act in this in this incredibly wonderful way. And when it's done in that way, the act takes on a completely different dimension. It's not only an act of gratitude, which every person understands. It's a declaration of generations going all the way back to the origin of the patriarchs. It's a declaration of faith, of heritage, a declaration of greatness, a declaration of nobility, a declaration of who You truly are in the fullest sense of the word. It's a declaration of what our relationship with God is really all about. The Hayat translated simply, will come to the land. But the word kitavo also indicates you finally arrived, you finally come. It's a term that indicates you've achieved, you've come to the level of success. You're sitting back and basking in the glory of what you've done and quite quite right you work hard and you deserve to bask in the glory of what you've done but you must never ever forget that it's not you that accomplished this you are an instrument that carries the incredible incredible gift of hundreds of generations that precede you. And each one contributed in their own way something very special that enables you to be who you are. And this is why in this act of kindness and gratitude, not only do you say thank you, but between the lines there is a subtext that says, I will commit myself to continue this incredible legacy. Because once I know where I come from, I know where I'm going. And it doesn't stop with me, it continues. And this gives it an infinite dimension. It's not only a glorious moment of thanksgiving, it's an infinite expression that will continue until the end of time, until Mashiach comes. It will carry on through children and children's children Ad infinitum. This is the idea of teshuvah. Teshuvah is not only fixing up those shortcomings that I have. Teshuvah is a powerful expression of connecting with Hashem. Hashem telling me, you are a child of generations. And I have connected with all those generations and I've listened to their praise and I've responded to their praise and I've enabled them to continue and you are a product of that continuous development and despite the challenges despite the difficulties despite the moments sometimes of utter despair you are here as an instrument that bears witness to the fact that you continue in this great and glorious way. You're successful. You've made it. You've done it. Here are your first fruits. Don't for a moment make the mistake of thinking that you're a nice guy and giving something wonderful. Yes, of course you're a nice guy. And of course you're doing something wonderful. But what is the underlying motive? The underlying motive is that this comes from generations of people who have done the same thing again and again and again because this demonstrates a relationship with God that is infinite. This is a faith that never, ever stops. It's a faith that grows and continues to grow. It began with Abraham with Isaac, with Jacob, it continued into Egypt. We stood at Sinai together. We marched through the wilderness together. We went through all sorts of incredible moments and years and decades of victories, of challenges, of difficulties. We are here. And we continue to do that which is right. That which is good. And this is why, when we give, when we share, when we do something which is proper, we tell the story. We recite the history. Because we have to tell ourselves and those around us who are listening, and particularly our children, this story doesn't begin with me, nor does it God forbid end with me. It's a story that goes back to my father and my grandfather and my great grandfather, goes all the way back to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And the energies that built one on top of the other again and again and again. And that is a powerful, a powerful scene. And this is why when we stand and we ask God for forgiveness, it's not only that we stand before God and we acknowledge the fact that we've done something wrong and we plead with him that he should overlook our shortcomings and understand that we're only human. But what's taking place is that we're saying we are part of that incredible continuing element, that chain that began so we have years and years and centuries of people, of actions, of prayers that have pleaded for Tshuva and therefore takes on an altogether different dimension. And this is why Kitavo Kitavo is such an important part it always comes before Rosh Hashanah. Kitavo is, is not an easy part. As we'll soon talk about at the end, toward the end of the Parsha, there are all sorts of difficult things that this Parsha contains. But it begins with a dramatic demonstration of the infinite dimension of who we are. It's not only a story that happened once upon a time. We are part of the story. We tell the story because we are part of that story and we connect through that story. And it's that infinity that makes us who we are, and it's that infinity that enables us to connect with Hashem, to connect with God in that great way. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the fact that you have to acknowledge not only that you're giving, because... expressing gratitude and kindness and thanksgiving. But you also have to acknowledge where you come from, your history. But As we take a look at the rest of the Parsha, toward the end of the Parsha, we come across the Techecha, those incredibly harsh, harsh punishments that God says will happen because we don't listen to him. And while I've often told you that we have to recognize and realize that these punishments are not necessarily punishments. We have to understand that they contain deep and powerful blessings, but at the same time, we also have to recognize and realize that literally these things have happened to our people throughout the ages. And there's one passage that causes us to stop and think about Something which is so relevant, something which is so important in our lives. God says, why will these things happen? And one would think, because, you know, we've done terrible things, we've behaved badly, we've sinned, etc., etc. But no. God says, God says, red says, Since you did not serve God, your God, with joy and with heartfelt gladness when you had an abundance of of everything. Listen to this. Why will terrible things happen? Because you didn't serve God with joy. And that tells us a couple of things. That when it comes to the service of God, even when it comes to the service of teshuvah, of repentance it has to be done with, simcha, with a tremendous sense of joy the joy is an acknowledgement that we have a relationship with God and God is good and God will accept us joy is also an indicator that there is tremendous blessing to be found it also tells us that. Contrary to, well, contrary to the feeling of uh, many people who say, well, I'm just not happy. I can't be joyous. God won't punish you if you do something that you can't do. And what does he say? You can be joyous. Joy and gladness of heart is something that we can develop in our own life. Takes a bit of effort takes a bit of work, but it's something that we can develop. And how do we develop it? By looking around and seeing the blessing in the situations of life that we possess. You know, very often, we're great at complaining. Very often, this is no good and that is no good. And I wish it was different and I wish it was that. Part of gratitude, part of thanksgiving, is to recognize the goodness that we possess, to recognize the blessings that we have. And instead of sitting around and moaning and complaining, we should train ourselves to think about the good things that we have, the blessings that we have. Yes, there are people who suffer. There are those who go through rough situations. But I must tell you, I've seen people with tremendous challenges in life. And yet, their whole behavior is one that expresses joy and a joyfulness. And I've seen people who have everything, material. And yet their demeanor, their behavior is one of constant complaining. Constant unhappiness. They want more, they want different, they want this, they want that. And it's not what you have that makes you happy. It's how you deal with what you have. You can have very little and be joyful. And you can have quite a bit and be the opposite of joyful. And this is what the passage is telling us. You know when you see curse? When you're not joyful. Because then nothing is good. And everything is a challenge. And everything is a problem. But when you look at life through eyes that look and see goodness, when you look at life with a sense of joy, No matter how little you have, no matter the difficulties in life that you may have. It's an entirely different experience. And this is what the month of El is all about. A reminder that there is so much to be joyful about. We are here. The king is in the field. God accepts our prayers. God accepts our tremendous request for repentance. God will grant us a good year. All we have to do is demonstrate through word and through action our gratitude with a sense of joy to recognize our heritage and where we come from with a sense of joy. And this is why when these ideas come together, the Shabbat of Stichot, the Parsha of repentance, Expressing gratitude, acknowledging our origins, when it all comes together, how rich and how wonderful, how powerful it is. So when you're in shul tomorrow, listen to every word of the Parsha. This Parsha is full of so many things. Yes, when it comes to the admonitions, when it comes to the tukha, the reader is going to say it very quickly in an undertone. But the other parts, listen carefully. Something is being said to you. And if you can, find out when you're sure when they say Salihuk, so if it's late on Saturday night, or if it's early Sunday morning, and what time during the week. It's worthwhile making the effort. But most important, take advantage of the month of hell. Take advantage of the rich blessings that are contained within this month. Take advantage of the fact that you can be joyful. Take advantage of the fact that this is a tremendous opportunity for incredible preparation. In just over a week, we stand before the high court of God himself. Let's prepare ourselves accordingly. It's a Shabbos that is filled with tremendous, tremendous opportunities. Let's use them well. Good shows.